Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I love that we were both sipping our water. <laughs> uh, anyway, welcome to Tag Talk. Uh, I just watched BTE, so I am informed this week. Last week I wasn't, but this week I am. My name is Kylie. This is Haley, and we're in the right order on the screen this week. I was going to mention that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we did back. different. I love that we're back. I I missed being on this side. <laughs> There's something about it that just brings me such comfort. <laughs> I think it's because you're like framed within two clouds, but me, it's just like the tag talk logo and then the abyss, you know? The abyss. The abyss. The abyss of pink. Um how are you, Haley? Um, I'm good. You know, I had a I had a day today. I did an interview right before Tag Talk that was uh it went really well, but if you see me with like really puffy eyes, um, I swear I didn't do drugs. I just was crying a lot. So I'm sure their first thought was, "Oh yeah, Haley's on drugs." <laughs> totally. Well, now it's gonna be now that I said that. <laughs> I promise. I just cried a lot, guys. <laughs> my day was also good. I got a lot of books because my advisor is retiring, which is sad, but also she's doing her and she needs to do it. <clears throat> Because being her job is stressful and she's stressed out, she's burnt out, you know, take charge of your life, all that jazz. Um, I have a, a nice drink. And like I said, oh, before we get into it, if you have a question, a comment, a statement, submit a super chat. <clears throat> we'll read every super chat and or dad jokes. If you have a dad joke, submit a super chat. Uh, when I had who was it? Um I think it was Luke when I had Luke on Tag Talk. He talked about like keeping the dad jokes and compiling them and like ranking them, like making a tier list of dad jokes. And I think that's a really good idea. 
Maybe we'll start doing that. We'll have to go back and um, pick yeah, them out. like retroactive actively catalog them. We'll do something. We'll figure it out because Tag Talk Fifty is in a few weeks. This is Tag Talk Thirty Eight, which oh my god, but Tag Talk Fifty twelve weeks for me to catalog all of the dad jokes, and I will. I'll release a tier list and a ranking. Maybe we'll do something fun. Speaking of dad jokes, Ryan says. What did the writer say when he glued himself to his book? That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> I really do like that one too. I They're rate it. Better. They're getting better. <laughs> they are. I think I think Ryan has found a better source for his dad jokes. <laughs> I think so too. I think he he probably gave all the ones on like the first uh link on Google. So now he's on the second link, which has better jokes probably. Watch it just be the same link. <laughs> You just have to scroll down. It's okay. It's okay. It's ranking. It's like 50 to 1. Instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally get it. Um, I think I covered all like the administrative stuff. So let's get into it. Like I said, I just watched BTE. We I were like a little you. bit we were like a little bit late going live because Haley was like, absolutely not. You have to watch this part of BTE. <laughs> um and so I have thoughts. Okay, so I, there's probably people here who haven't seen BTE, so like spoiler alert, but we're going to talk about it because I think it's really interesting. So I didn't watch the whole thing. I only watched the scenes with the elite, in <laughs> but that's fine. That's fine. That's all you need. But basically, Hangman on a pole match. Listen, I'm all for it. And I love, listen, I love Petty Matt Jackson. The bratty attitude in this episode and him just, like, being so protective over Hangman, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And being like, well, if you guys knew anything about Hangman, like I do, we've been friends for years, and I know that Hangman is afraid of heights. <laughs> like, I just, I love the attitude in BTE this week. <laughs> I thought it was funny. So, just basically run down the scene. The Elite are in the locker room. Uh, because Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa had that match, and they're just chilling in the locker room. And um, Silver and Reynolds come in, and they basically start a fight about Hangman, who's Hangman's best friend, basically. And Kenny Omega is just sitting there on his phone while the Young Bucks are arguing with Silver and Reynolds. Not a care in the world, Kenny Omega. Uh, shirtless in short shorts, like the absolute stunning beauty that he is. Little hoochie shorts, yes. And... Basically, he just stops and he just says, no one here is friends with Hangman. But Matt Jackson says, I like Hangman. Yeah. <laughs> and so <clears throat> the story is really progressing, which I'm so excited for because I was afraid like the BCC stuff would like overshadow the Hangman story, like the feud between the BCC and the Elite. But I'm glad that Hangman's like part of it. I'm just like, the numbers are off now, though. <laughs> like, because it's... I think they're Hung Bucks versus BCC is going to be the match, probably at like double or nothing or something. I don't know what Kenny Omega is going to be doing. <laughs> I'm doing something else, I guess. Um, but that scene in BTE coupled with um, Kenny Omega, the promo he gave on Dynamite with the picture of him and Don Callis in the background from when he was a heel, that like horribly edited, edited photo. I'm really excited for this Young Bucks, Kenny Omega split that I think is coming. You know, this just popped into my head that you said that because I was like, what could Kenny do, like, realistically? But, like, I guess he could still be part of the story if they somehow, like, got 
Danielson out of it now that he's back with the BCC and do Omega Danielson too. They could. And then do Hung Bucks and the BCC. But is that, I don't know. We have a pause in our talk. <clears throat> we have a super chat from Hala who says, what's a pirate's favorite letter? The letter his best friend sent him. Am I doing it right? Yeah. <laughs> I love, it. I love, I love it. Hala, thank you. <laughs> I love I love pirate jokes. And I think it's because when I was a kid, I had like a weird special interest in pirates. So did I. I don't know if oh, it was wow. because of the Pirates of the Caribbean or what, what but... I, I think so. I think pirates were, like, the hot thing when we were younger. I dressed up as a pirate with my dad for Halloween. I'm mean, gonna have to find the picture and send it to you. You do, you definitely do. I need to see it. Uh, Anyways. I was, nev- I was never a pirate for Halloween. I always did, like, super scary stuff. <laughs> We've because... seen the mask, Kylie. <laughs> oh, yeah, my Leatherface one. But I did, I did Ghostface a year. I did... I was like a super gory skeleton. Yeah. But anyway, back to being the elite. Um, and then at the end, so Hangman is kind of like, he's just sitting, on, on, he's sitting <laughs> in bed. He's in bed. with the eye patch on. Um, and he has like this group chat pulled up that he has, I guess, with Dark Order. And they're like, oh man, we're so sorry. We didn't save you from BCC. Like we left, whatever. But he's like mad about it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, I definitely think it's going to be Hung Bucks, not the Elite. I mean, with Kenny Omega yeah. versus BCC, which is such an interesting little wrinkle in the story. Because I think Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus BCC is a natural fit, yeah. especially because it's John Moxley. And John Moxley and Kenny Omega is such like a central feud for AW. But... You know, last year we did get all those teases about the Hung Bucks when it wasn't clear if Kenny was coming back in time We've for been All Out. So high on the Hung Bucks for the past year, and like they just it just fell off, and I was like, I'm not gonna give up. Like I believe in the Hung Bucks, and like we're starting to get it again. And I'm like, yeah, see, we were right. <laughs> it's and I, do you remember last year when we were doing like our Hung Buck updates and. I was probably like Tony Schiavone or someone on air called them the hung bucks. And we were flooded with tweets of people thinking Tony Khan stole like our IP. (laughs) We didn't make up the phrase hung bucks. We never did. But I just love that tag talk is so synonymous with the hung bucks. Me too. And you know, (laughs) I miss that period. Like I miss everybody just being excited about the hung bucks with us. So I hope we get it back because I need that. I need that enthusiasm in my life again. And I think the elite story, I think, always draws fan attention because it's so, like, multi... I don't want to be, like, cliche, but it's so layered. It's like, there's so many different things going on. And I love that while they're in the elite story, they're not, like, like, they're not stuck there. Like, Kenny still has the story going on with the stuff in New Japan, the story with Osprey. The Young Bucks, Matt. Jack- I don't even know if Matt when Matt Jackson is going to be okay to wrestle. The man has like a like a bum arm. What what is wrong with him? A bicep tear? Uh, yeah. So I don't even know. That was a bunch of stuff shot into his arm, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but that sounds crazy. Um, and I I don't know. I'm just super excited about it. And the Young Bucks, I think need to be in a spot where 
they're having good matches, but they're not mixing it up in the title picture yet because FTR mm-hmm. are champions. And I think building to FTR versus the Young Bucks, I think it has to happen inevitably. Uh, FTR signed like a new multi-year deal. I think it's going to happen, but I think rushing into rushing into it would be a mistake. I saw some people on Twitter saying um, that they have FTR versus the Young Bucks for double or nothing. FTR versus the Young Bucks versus Aussie Open for a Forbidden Door. Um, I think it's too early, in my mm-hmm. personal opinion. I do too, uh, and I'll talk about it a little bit later of like what I would like to see at Forbidden Door. But I, I think that they do need to kind of step out of the title picture a little bit, especially because they've been so heavy in the trios division. And I feel mm-hmm. like this storyline of the elite and BCC um, is kind of taking over uh, like the House of Black in a way. Like I feel like. I don't know. Like, eyes just aren't on the House of Black. You know what I mean? They need a good yeah. food. Yeah, in, like, a weird way, too. Like, um, I feel like Julia Hart has gotten a lot of attention because yeah. I think whenever she has a singles match that's not on Dark, if it's on Dynamite or Rampage or wherever, I think she gets a lot of attention. Um, I think and Buddy has gotten a lot of attention, but for whatever reason, like, Malachi and Brody and Buddy as, like, a trio has... It's like kind of because I guess this is other trio stuff going on. Maybe that's like the reason why. Yeah. Um, I'm still the Buddy Orange Cast Orange Cassidy match was great, Seems. and yeah, it was such a good match. I I thought Buddy should have won it. I thought it would have been interesting and fun. And I think I don't know. I just I just feel like it was the time, but it's fine. But I almost wonder if like they're not entirely sure what House of Black is doing next. Mm -hmm. Because you figure Double or Nothing is at the end of May. May 20, whatever it is. So it's like a month, right? You would think that they would start building it because AW loves to build their stuff like months in advance. And they love to carry stuff between pay-per-views and all that sort of stuff. Um, But if the direction is House of Black best friends, uh, they have to do something to really generate more interest in it because it definitely does feel like we're tying everything together into a perfect bow and then House of Black will move on after that. It doesn't feel like this is something that is building for um, Double or Nothing, at least to me. No, I agree. Um, uh, To me, it's kind of felt like Oh, it's just like a singular thing, and they're just gonna like plow through the blessed, the ba- the blessed friends, the blessed friends, the blessed friends, and and um, just like keep it moving and like move on to something else. But like you said, if this is the direction that they're going, um, I mean, double or nothing's coming up fast. It's like what a month away, yeah, a month and some change, yeah. Hopefully, we see some kind of direction on dynamite this week. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I think House of Black is trio's champions. It has the potential to really be like a really strong booking point going into Double or Nothing, like a really big draw. Because um, I think trios in general has been a really um, good thing for AW. I think it's been a draw. I just don't know where they're going with it. But like I said, Julie Hart has been doing some great stuff. So maybe like. They're just trying to make sure everybody in the House of Black is getting a spot and getting their flowers. I don't really know. Um, But I'm still into it. I'm still into the best friends. I know people were talking trash about the best friends on Twitter. Shut up. 
you know for a fact that the best friends are good, stop it. Um, <clears throat> and then FTR is being emotional and sappy, and they'll be emotional and sappy until double or nothing, probably. <laughs> just gonna you gotta it. ride it out, you know? <laughs> you gotta ride it out. Um, the JAS is kind of being annoying, but <sighs> JAS and acclaimed, like, whatever. Off, off you go. Do your thing. But the double or nothing card, I think, is shaping up nicely. I do think we need something substantial on the women front because the women's feud, um, I think this feud, the outsiders or the outcasts uh, versus the homegrown people, I think that could be another really big selling point. It, I think it could be really high on the card, but it's like every week we're doing like the same thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, we get it. You love spray paint. Now, where are we going with this? Uh and Britt Baker has been doing some interesting things. Like, uh, she's been looking at Jamie Hayter's belt. She's been like hesitating a little bit with Jamie. Um, still 100% on that side of the homegrown talent. But there's like interesting movement there. And I just really and the wish green they would. Pants. Yeah. I just really wish they would be like, okay, tell me, is she switching sides? Yeah. Is she going to be on, you know, the outcast side? And if so, who is going to replace her on the homegrown side? Yeah. Thunder Rosa? You can't put Thunder Rosa there. You can't. Yeah. So I don't know. And I talked about this <clears throat> um, on Day After Dynamite with Will. Uh, and we were just discussing the feud. And I said that I'm just so tired of, like, it's the same thing every week. And you know it's going to be the same thing every week. They get into a fight, they come to the ring, they rush to the ring, spray paint, whatever, same thing every week. And I just feel like when you have such heavy hitters involved in this feud, um, especially with people that have helped carry the women's division, uh, you have Riho, you have Britt, you have Jamie, who's your current champion, Tony, uh, Soraya, who... By, like name and face alone brings a lot of value to the women's division um i just feel like what are we doing <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> and it's like know. and you know they have time because if if they are trying to do this story at double or nothing which i mean there's no confirmation that they are but mm-hmm. I, you know i put my critical thinking cap on double or nothing um i would like brit to be, I would like some direction there before Double or Nothing. I think the turn, if it happens, would probably happen at Double or Nothing. But I would like to be anticipating the turn. Because all there's like little things that she's done, but it's like there's no sign that AW is committed to her doing that turn. And I think back to when it was first, um, like the tension between Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter was first developing, and they didn't do it. Yeah. They keep pulling it away every single time. And I know I said, I think it was on Tag Talk. I don't know when it was or something that we did. But I was like, it just feels like they're going to do it again. But they're also not. And I just feel like they need to pull the trigger on one or the other. Because I feel like it's kind of overpowering the rest of the story. Like, oh, is Brick going to turn on Jamie? Like, what's going to happen there? You know? And I wish they would just, like, come to a conclusion. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. And that way you can really start building it. Because yeah. I 
I think fans anticipate eventually Britt will turn on Jamie, but if there's like substantial storyline elements that suggest at Devil or Not think Britt Baker will turn on Jamie Hayter, more fans are going to tune in and they're going to care about that story more, which is what the women's division needs. Uh, especially for a pay-per-view like Double or Nothing, which is a big pay-per-view, and especially with all the other big men's matches that are going to happen, I would love for the women to have something that rivals that. Um, don't even get me started on Jade. I don't know what she's doing. Jade and Taya are just dancing circles around each other. Like, whatever. Um, and I also, I don't know like what the status is on Mercedes and Trinity at this point. I know someone, I think it was Dave Meltzer had said that uh, Mercedes might sign on for another stardom date, maybe Dominion, something like that. I don't know what's going on with any of that, but I do think the women's division is in a good spot, but like my goodwill, like it's running low. I can only keep going for so long. So fingers crossed for something. Well, yeah. And to Brit has been very vocal online and on all access if you guys watch all access um about you know wanting to leave that space open for other women and not wanting to crowd the title scene um so you know i think it's going to be interesting if we're going to end up seeing that turn anytime soon or if it's just going to continue to kind of uh you know coast I don't think they can coast any longer. Mm-hmm. Like if this, if the Brit turn doesn't like, yeah. happen, <laughs> yeah, if the Brit turn doesn't happen as part of this outsider's homegrown talent story, I whatever, I'm done with it. Like, okay, you did it once, don't do it again. Yeah, like you don't need to. You need to do it here. And I, I think they are. I fully expect Brit to turn on Jamie, challenge for the title cost jamie the title somehow like somehow i don't know how they're gonna work that in the story but if it ends up with ruby soho as aw women's world champion i'm all for it because i think it's i think it's official now that she's the leader of the outcasts a hundred percent hundred percent and when she was first like coming into this i was like man like i really want to see something substantial for ruby and i think that this is it and i i love seeing her take charge (laughs) like because the direction that they were going for a little bit, I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this feud. But like now that she's yeah. kind of taking the reins, I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's so much more believable yeah. that they're like this edgy, like mean girl, but like punk yeah. vibe. Um, just because she's Ruby Soho and she looks like a punk rock star. But I love it. I'm still into the women's story. I'm like looking up at... I have a CM Punk figure that I bought. He's like looking down on me. Um, We're not going to talk about CM Punk. I don't think we can talk about CM Punk. But instead of talking about CM Punk, let's talk about Jeff Hardy. Mm -hmm. So, AW Dynamite, uh, Matt Hardy and Ethan Page have been, and Hook and Isaiah Cassidy have been locked in this story. There's like contracts and like all sorts of stuff. Like, you know, Matt Hardy loves these stories with the money. And then the business deals and the big money map. But basically, Jeff Hardy returned. And he looked, to me at least, super healthy. Like, physically healthy. Like, he he doesn't look skinny. Like, he's been working on his body, I guess. And in his face, he looked, uh, he looked healthy and he looked happy to be there. Uh, I'm not sure what the plan is for the Hardys. Um... Like, I don't know. 
what do you do with them? Like, I mean, oh, it, this just came into my head. You know what would be fun? If Ethan Page calls his friend Scorpio Sky and is like, hey, I need you to beat up Jeff Hardy. Like, <laughs> I need you to solve this for me. And maybe we do like a fun little tag feud. Uh, I don't know. Because I feel like, like at this point, if like, because they were supposed to win the tag titles last year, right? And obviously, yeah. you know, things happen that didn't happen. Um, so I feel like that time has kind of passed. I don't know if we'll see them as tag champs in AEW. Um, but, yeah, what do you do? Because I think, I do think they, that they were building for Hardys versus Private Party. And I think they probably just want to get right back into that. Because they kept Isaiah Cassidy with Matt Hardy. Yep. So I think that's like the long game plan is that feud. And then you can put Private Party over and then Private Party can like, be on the up and up because if private party beats the hardies then they beat the young bucks and the hardies i'm gonna keep my joke to myself put it in the private chat no. <laughs> um i just when you said when you said private party and then you said the hardies in my head i was like party hardy stop <laughs> no we cannot do that <laughs> that is a no from me miss Haley. Um, Anyway, but yeah, I don't think the Hardys are going to be in the title picture anytime soon, especially with FTR as champs. Mm -hmm. Like, I think FTR are just too over. And Jeff's like the fans' acceptance of Jeff is like so tenuous. Uh, and I'm not going to get into the conflict and all the things about that because honestly, it's not, I don't, yeah, it's not my business. And I don't, I don't care if you think Jeff Hardy is a bad person. Um, and we're not going to talk about it. Because I don't care. Um, <laughs> but uh, the return was like nothing special. He just like came out, saved his brother, whatever. But I think what's special for me is that I fully anticipate that this is the last run for, if not both Hardys, at least Jeff. So I'm excited to see what AEW does with him. Because I think there's a lot that you have to do. I mean, you don't have to, but that you, you know, probably should do with Jeff Hardy. There's a lot of young talent who need a Jeff Hardy match. Or a Hardy's match. Um, and I think... I almost feel like Ethan Page cannot get lost in this story. I think Ethan Page needs a win at the end of this feud with Matt Hardy. Um, whether that's he beats Matt Hardy, he beats Jeff Hardy, him and a tag team partner beat the Hardys, whatever it might be. Um, and then you could then free Jeff Hardy to go and do other things. But And it's so sad that poor... Dante Martin is injured with his um, broken foot, which he's doing pistol squats with a broken foot, first of all. That like a madman. Crazy. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. And I, I am glad Jeff's back. I'll say that. Um, and I'm glad he's healthy and he looks happy and everything. But there's, there's just so much to do and so little time. And I don't know what the contract situation is like for these guys. I don't know if you're Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, how how much time you have on your contracts. But as long as they stay away from FTR, I think we're gold. And, like, I know they're doing that, like, Hardy compound match um, with the firm, which I'm honestly mm -hmm. excited to see the compound make its AEW debut. Um, but I wonder if, like, because all of the, like, compound-type matches that we've gotten from them have been, like, very, like, cinematic. 
yeah. uh, theatrical. So I almost wonder if we're going to see something like that in AEW and like how that'll translate over to like audiences, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, I think it'll be really fun to see Matt Hardy have movement on the character front mm-hmm. because Matt Hardy, he did that. He came in AEW's broken mad, didn't work. And then he did that thing where he was like, a different character like every time you saw him and he was like on bte like having an identity crisis like i don't think i think i fully understood the story uh, and jeff has just been like emo jeff the entire time he's been in aw because nostalgia and everything so i don't know what they're i'm excited about it like nothing you mentioned the compounds i'm like ooh, brother nero like oh and then you could do a private party as little like um, like Matt Hardy's kids, goodbye. Like now it's private party. Yeah, listen, and like I feel like, like you said, it, it it does kind of feel like you know they're winding down. And if this really is like their last run in wrestling, like I feel like they have to pull out like all the stops, you know. Yeah. So why not do Brother Nero? Like I would love to see that, or any iteration of like any character that Jeff has done. Yeah, and as long as Jeff stays healthy, um. There's no reason why he shouldn't do all these fun matches and do all this stuff. Yes. I think I think the name Jeff Hardy carries a lot of value. Like here we're gonna talk about business for a second. Uh like looking ahead to double or nothing and this forbidden door and all I all in and all out. Uh this like long stretch of pay-per-views that AW is doing. Not to mention they always do summer specials on TV. Mm-hmm. And now there's like a apparently a Saturday show. Ugh. <laughs> Which I totally forgot about the Saturday show until right this minute. Listen. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. All I'm going to say is I feel like if you're going to keep Rampage, it doesn't make sense. But whatever. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, I tweeted that they should just cancel Rampage, but be like, Rampage is moving to Saturday. And it's going to be called Collision. And then you could just like rebrand Rampage. But it's like Apparently, and you know that nothing has been confirmed by AW. Of course, it's just like people reporting stuff. Um, there's going to be like a soft brand split, mm-hmm. which I'm excited to see. But that almost, to me, defeats the point of Ring of Honor. <laughs> exactly. That, <laughs> like that was literally my first initial thought because, like, Ring of Honor feels like a brand split. Yes. You know? So, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Like, Especially with like, okay, Lucha Bros are Ring of Honor tag champs, but they're yeah. AEW talent. So like, is it a three brand system? Is Ring of Honor truly the black and gold NXT of AEW? Like, what is the dynamic here? What are we doing? Um, and of course, that went hand in hand with the CM Punk things, which we're not going to get into because I'm so tired of saying the same thing about CM Punk every time <laughs> I ask about CM Punk. Uh, but if CM Punk is on Saturday. I would love to see Jeff Hardy and CM Punk do something fun on Saturday. Um, I think Saturday, like having wrestling on Saturday is a little bit weird because I think people are doing stuff on Saturday and who's going to go home and watch AEW Collision? Uh, I mean you, but like I almost said something so mean. I almost said something so mean to you. (laughs) I would leave. Then my brain was like, you don't mean that. You don't mean that. Don't say that. You don't mean it. It's just an intrusive thought. Um, anyway, uh, I think, and I it's 8 to 10, right, that the Saturday show is rumored to be on? I think so. 
seven to nine, something like that. Rampage sucks because Rampage is on Friday at 10. And who is watching that? Not me. I haven't watched a Rampage in like five months. At least live. Not a word of a lie. So I think it'll be interesting to see who exactly has time to spend their Saturday night watching AW Collision. It'll be fun. Uh, and I think it'll give more people TV time, which I think they really, really need, especially the, the younger women. guys. The women, too. Yeah. Well, and like the younger people, like they don't get the reps. They get reps on like dark and dark elevation. But like those, most of those matches are like five minutes and they're squash matches. Like you're not getting practice on national TV, live TV. So I'm excited to see what goes on. And I would love if they just, if they split up um, like the TNT and like the international title, the TBS title and the women's title, like figure out something so that like every dynamite isn't like title match, title match, title match, title match, title match, just because you have to. I love those dynamites. I love when dynamite is stacked, but like, if you're defending a title every dynamite, like why do the pay-per-views matter? <laughs> like you're just defending your title all the time, apparently. So I'm excited. Uh, I'm nervous about the new AW show, but I'm excited about Jeff Hardy. So give and take. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the next couple months of AEW are gonna be very interesting, especially into the summertime. Um yeah. Speaking of summertime, shout out Forbidden Door. Let's talk about Aussie Two Belts. Yes. So Aussie Open, uh, who have been on Dynamite a few times, um, they won the. Oh, my chest hurts so bad. They won the IWGP. No, it's just because I'm sick and I, I have. Like, Please I, don't have a heart attack on screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sick and I have like bad lungs from COVID. But um, they won the IWGP. IWGP World Tag Team Championships, and they also won the New Japan Strong World Tag World Tag Team New Japan Strong Tag Team Championships. Yeah. Uh, so now they're Aussie two belts. Uh, Will Osprey is also back. Um, he did a very important video on Twitter, so you guys should go watch that. But he's like mixing it up with like Kenny Omega and stuff right now, so we're not worried about him right now. But basically, heading into May and June, which is when we start building for Forbidden Door, it's Aussie Open. At the forefront of New Japan. And it's FTR at the forefront of AEW. And they are very vocal in that they want to fight. And I am so excited because we didn't get this at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know why. I don't know, like, maybe there was a reason. Maybe they were going to do it. And then they were like, oh, just kidding. We'll do that at Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do something else at Wrestle Kingdom for FTR. I don't know. I don't know about the politics and everything. But I'm excited. I'm, like, so excited. I know Haley's super jazzed about it. I'm not, like, the biggest Aussie Open fan. I like them. I think they're talented, but I'm not, like, diehard like some people. But I'm a big FTR fan. And if there's one thing I love about FTR, it's when they get a dream match. And this is one of them. Um, Yeah, and I kind of just want to talk about the matches that they had. Because in, like, a week stretch, they won the IWGP tag titles. And then over the weekend, they won um, the strong titles. Both great matches. Um, But seeing them face Motor City Machine Guns, who, I mean, are undoubtedly 
one of the best tag teams of all time. Um, and then you have like a dream team like uh, Okada and Tanahashi. I mean, it was such a great match. And I like that throughout um, this weekend, particularly, uh, Kyle, so if you didn't watch the match, Kyle Fletcher uh, went to do a moonsault um, off the top rope. Did not go well. Uh, landed directly on his uh, guts in his midsection. And he was out for a good second. And I was like, this man is hearing colors and tasting sounds. Like, he, what is going on? Like, is he okay? And he was okay. But it was a little scary. But I liked that they kind of played into that um, over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm really high on Aussie Open. I like them. I know we've been kind of vocal about United Empire on this show and like, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but I do like Aussie Open. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> I think it's just like who I am now that I'm like a hater. <laughs> like I just hate, ev- I hate most things in this world. Um, but the thing I hate the most is Will Ospreay. <laughs> and <laughs> I think that's just like who I am. Like I've really accepted it that, um, I'll never enjoy Will Ospreay, and that's fine. I'm totally okay with it. But Aussie Open, I've had a lot of fun with Aussie Open. I think their appearances on Dynamite have been great. Um, when I've seen them in New Japan, which I'm not as up to date on New Japan as I probably should be, they've been good. Like they're super talented, and I think they're different in their wrestling style and like their approach to wrestling than a lot of tag teams that are running today. I think a lot of, especially younger tag teams, were very much sort of, I guess, raised in, like, the Young Bucks genre. But now, like, there's all these tag teams like FTR and Aussie Open, which are not that they can't do what the Young Bucks do or some of what the Young Bucks do, but they have a different sort of perspective on tag team wrestling. So I really appreciate when people who aren't Young Bucks clones get titles. <laughs> like, that's that to me is like, yes, you care about tag team wrestling, finally. Um, but I love the Young Bucks. Don't take this as a Young Bucks diss. Um, but I'm excited for Forbidden Door because I do think FTR Aussie Open will be the match. It'll be interesting to see uh, if they throw someone else in there with them, like a Motor City Machine Guns or um, a Young Bucks, which I don't think they should do the Young Bucks, but that's fine. Because FTR has also, FTR, Dax, has also been sort of talking about Motor City Machine Guns because they didn't get that two-on-two match. And they wouldn't get the two-on-two match here either. Unless they did FTR Motor City and then someone else Aussie Open and then saved Aussie Open FTR for like Dominion. Oh my God, there's so much going on. <laughs> there is. And my, like my train of thought about it was, and this is kind of what I wanted to happen last year at Forbidden Door. So I guess I'm just recycling my thoughts back then. But we I- get the Forbidden Door we want this year though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, but, like, last year, I was really, I really wanted to see, uh, FTR and the Young Bucks again, um, but I wanted to see, like, an all-or-nothing type of, like, title situation. I thought that that would have been really cool, but I think with Aussie Open, like, that really intrigues me, because you have FTR who have the AW Tag Team, uh, championships, but then, you know, Aussie Open, they've got the New Japan titles, 
I think it's I think it's interesting, but I don't know that I want to see FTR, who have been, you know, off TV for so long, and we finally got them to a place where they're champions again. I don't know if mm-hmm. I want to see them lose so soon. So maybe just forget everything I said and I'm just myself <laughs> out of it. But I do want to see something like that eventually. <laughs> yeah, and I think you could do the match FGR Aussie Open without the titles. Mm-hmm. I think because it's for Ben and Dora, I think people would still be super into it. Um like, and then it's also really interesting if there's like a stardom presence on mm-hmm. Forbidden Door. Like, do you have a women's match that isn't on the pre-show and is given, you know, time and attention like these other matches? But then also, I'm really interested about trios because Ring of Honor has a six-man title. AWS trios, and so does New Japan. So I'm really interested... I think House of Black will still be trios champs by then. I don't think there's anyone like at Double or Nothing or on a Dynamite or whatever that would, you know, dethrone House of Black. I'm not entirely sure, but I think it'll be really fun to see who they put up against, who New Japan puts up against the House of Black, whether it's, you know, an actual trio or if they use this for like a dream match scenario and then just throw some people in there. Um, which I would be super into. It's like the four-way last year when it was like it was like Jay White, Okada, Hangman, and Adam Cole. It was like everyone was like, oh, but I wanted Hangman Okada. Oh, but now you get all these guys in the ring at the same time, and it's just better. It's forbidden door. Like, I mean, why not pull out all the stops and do all the crazy things that we wouldn't normally get to see, you know? Yeah, and it's like I think people have this expectation for wrestling pay-per-views that every match will have like a logical story attached to it. And that um, it'll like it, the story will be blown off at the pay per view, or it'll be whatever will happen. But I think Forbidden Door, you ha- kind of have to treat differently and just assume that every match is being booked just because it'll be fun. It'll just be a fun little dream match situation. It'll be a good time. Um, I mean, I guess you could do like Aussie Open. You could do United Empire there, and yeah, United Empire versus House of Black. I would be so mad. <laughs> I would be so mad because I want this FTR match. I do too. And it's like, part of me thinks like, because people are so split about all in and like how much talent that they want to see, like outside AEW talent come in. Um, But I really do think like doing a match like that and maybe we add the young bucks there. I don't know. Or we could just do FTR Aussie Open. Um, I don't know. I think that that's really intriguing to me, too. Yeah, and I think it also depends on if CM Punk is back. And I know we said we weren't going to talk about CM Punk, but I have to you know, say what I was going to say. Because I think people think CM Punk is going to come back and it's going to be CM FTR and they're going to go for the trios belts and all that and all that. I don't think that's happening at this point in time. I think if CM Punk comes back, which I do think he is, but if he does... I don't think they're doing CMFTR. I think they're going to put CM Punk over there, keep him away from FTR, keep him away from trios, um, and do a Jericho match. And then it's like, I mean, I guess you could do CM Punk like Kenta at Forbidden Door or something. Just like your one little battle of the go to sleeps. (laughs) 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 That battle of the GTSs. Um, 
But yeah, that's all the thoughts I have on CM Punk. I'm going to stop it in its tracks before this becomes a CM Punk dialogue. <laughs> Unless Haley has There's already on enough Punk. of that on Twitter. Like... Yeah. Haley, Haley's the only one from this point on who's allowed to say anything about CM Punk. <laughs> no. People in the chat are talking about CM Punk and you need to stop it. Guys, please stop. Until he comes back, <laughs> if he comes back, whenever he comes back, whatever is going on with him, let's just let's just leave it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let's just forget it ever happened. I really did think we were done with it. And then it's like this week, it's like, CM Punk is coming back. And I'm like... I would love to see CM Punk back, but I'm, like, so sick of people fighting about it. That's my thing. Because you guys say the same things over and over and over and over and over again, and it's like, okay. We had the same fight in November. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and September, and October, and every single month since. Like, <laughs> um, anyway. Anyway, back to Forbidden Door and Aussie Open discussion. I think New Japan is, like, in a really good place, and I hate to say it because I might jinx it, because it's like it's New Japan and everything they do is so like tenuous and fragile um since the pandemic. But I think they're in a good place. I mean I mean Sonata is like in a great position. I mean Okada's off being Okada, being an all-timer, Ozzy Open, like New Japan Strong is a lot of fun. Um they're trying to slowly revive the bullet club, <laughs> which oh. is now like the bullet club. Um, and the Bullet Club is led by David Finley. <laughs> well, like Clark Connors is in the Bullet Club, like <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my Bullet Club is Juice Robinson and Jay White on AEW Dynamite. That's my Bullet Club. Bullet Club Gold. Bullet, yeah. And if we're doing Bullet Club versus Bullet Club at Forbidden Door, oh my God, I have a roster. That I could talk Period. about. We could, we could do a 15 versus 15. <laughs> and I would make it work. Could you imagine? It's just like a conveyor belt of Bullet Club members. <laughs> like, like those like sushi like conveyor belt like places. But it's just. Yeah, and then you got Impact on it. And Impact's like, oh, what about Chris Bay? Is he going to come in, do a run in? He like takes out Clark Connors, takes <laughs> his pot. And then you got like Ace Austin. You know, here's Ace Austin. I think it'd be fun. Can you, but like, then you have to put Kenny Omega in that match. Like, you can't not put Kenny Omega in a Bullet Club match. If everyone else is in it, oh my, someone let me book this. Please. Like, listen, Kylie is such a good booker. Like, I know you guys don't hear half of the ideas that she has, but listen, they're great. And somebody needs to hire her to book. <laughs> Tony, Tony, if you need help, I know you got a lot of, you're running a lot of things over there. So, you know. Give me Ring of Honor, Tony. Ring of Honor would be so good if I was booking it. And not that it isn't good now. It is good. But I would not have made a lot of the decisions you made, Tony. Because I would have made the right ones. So, that's all I have to say about that. But. (coughs) Sorry, I'm going to (laughs) go. But. Uh, ultimately, I, I'm i excited about the Bullet Club renaissance. I know a lot of people are like, the Bullet Club is cringy now. Like, it's so corny. But, like, you all were wearing your Bullet Club shirts. You were doing <laughs> the two sweets. You were chanting for the Young Bucks in the halls of the Four Seasons. And 
you were into it. So stop acting like you're better than the Bullet Club. If the Bullet Club is good again, you know for a damn fact you'd be all over it. Oh, yeah. All of you. So I'm into it. I'm not entirely sold on this David Finley Bullet Club. Jay White, though. Jay, Jay White being still being Bullet Club and still explicitly saying he's Bullet Club. Gold. You have the Young Bucks talking about the fact that they got Hangman into the Bullet Club. Gold. You have Impact doing Bullet Club other stuff. Mostly good. <laughs> so I'm into it. And it's, it, it's like in WWE when they have like the rare occasion where Bullet Club members like brush against each other. Like it's like it's like Gallows. And they're like, Gallows, you're going to be standing next to Finn Balor. You need to do a Bullet Club thing. That's bad. (laughs) This is not that. This, I think, is like a legitimate attempt to make the Bullet Club good again. So I'm into it. And I mean, you know, when you're Bullet Club, you're Bullet Club for life. So could you, do you think, like, realistically, if you were in the Bullet Club and you left, like, let's say you're Matt Jackson. And and you're like in the locker room and you have no idea that Jay White's coming out and you just hear like the Bullet Club like before his music. Do you think that that like there's something in his head that like makes him alert? Like do you think he's like um, like conditioned? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Well, I feel like I would if I was ever in the Bullet Club, my entire life till the end of time would be defined by the fact that I was in the Bullet Club. And that's not a bad thing. Well, no. <laughs> it depends what iteration we're talking about. Like, if I was in the Bullet Club, know. I would have been in Kenny Omega's Bullet Club. For sure. Let's be honest. I, I'm not mean enough to be in Finn Balor's Bullet Club. I'm not, you know, submissive enough to be at AJ Styles' Bullet Club. <laughs> but Kenny Omega, I'd be murdering people left and right. Give me that can of monster. I'll go, you know, Tama Tonga, he's gone. You don't even worry about him. He's dead. Tonga Loa, you want him dead too? Fine. Bad luck, Fale. Adios. Anything Goodbye. for you, Kenny. Anything you want. Anything for Kenny Omega. I love that man. Him and his, oh, I did promise that I would talk about his jeans. So we'll finish with that. Jeans. Haley, I when we were watching Dynamite and I texted you that how funny would it be if Kenny Omega wore butterfly jeans? Like, I like him in because I couldn't handle it. <laughs> Kenny Omega comes out in jeans. And they do my jeans. Bouncing his little boobs. <laughs> bouncing his little boobs. <laughs> so he comes out. And first of all, the pockets are like red. So, like, it's a little bit of a fashion moment. And we don't see Kenny in jeans unless he's, like, all beefed up for, like, a street fight. But he's like, this is... And I love that all these backstage segments of Kenny Omega on BTE, he's, like, always shirtless. And he's, like, committed to the bit. He's like, I'm gonna wear jeans. He knows. He knows. And he came out, and I thought it was funny. Um, It is, like, a good way. Come full circle and finish it. Um, They did the BCC beatdown. And they get Mox, and they're going to stab him with the screwdriver. I thought it was interesting that commentary uh, was probably Tony Schiavone. He said, um, Matt Jackson wants revenge for Hangman. But then someone else said, well, I don't think Kenny thinks that. I think Kenny thinks that he's getting revenge for himself for the John Moxley screwdriver thing like ages ago. So I think that was really interesting that that, uh, Matt Jackson thought that they were all out there to avenge Hangman. 
But Kenny's like, I'm into this for me and for Don. The only one he stuck up for is Don Callis, of all people, who's an annoying little jerk. <laughs> uh, but what they can't do with this story is do a rehash of the uh, Cody story, where Cody, like, turned the Young Bucks against each other and against Kenny. And then the Young Bucks were like, we're so sorry, Kenny. We love you so much. Forgive us. And he's like, um, actually, I'm going to be with Kotobushi. And you're going to go off and do your thing, and we're not friends anymore. So, like, they can't do that again. Even though Kota Bushi's, like, out and about, and, like, they could do it again. Like, Don Callis is not Cody. Like, you can't. So, I don't know what they're going to do. But I do think it was interesting. And once again, Nick Jackson, no thoughts, just down to fight. Down to murder someone. His entire character is that he is a feral dog. And as much as I, like, love seeing, like, Matt get all angry and, like, be the one to present the screwdriver to Kenny and be like, you know, like, whatever. I just love seeing Nick in the background <laughs> just, like. <laughs> I love that he's just, like, like, I think Matt is so emotional and, like, he thinks about things and Nick just follows his lead for the most yeah. part. But I also love that Nick in this hangman story hasn't been as mad at a hangman hasn't been mad at matt jackson hasn't been mad at kenny he just knows that and i think in his head he's like five like five years old <laughs> and he he's like all my friends are gonna come back together one day and we'll play on the playground everything will be fine but then he has like this alter ego and i think it's the alter ego that fuels his gambling I think that, like, the ruthless Nick Jackson, I think his, like, brain shuts off and he's just, like, disassociates and he comes back, too, and he's just done something horrible. <laughs> he just blacks out and then yeah. he comes back. <laughs> it's either he did a murder or he's a millionaire. Like, so, I don't know. All I know is I'm glad they didn't immediately jump into the Adam Cole thing. Uh, Adam, not that I am enjoying the the thought that Adam Cole is in a feud with Chris Jericho. Don't get me started. I do think the end goal is Adam Cole, Jay White. That's that's what I'm holding out for. I got, like, my fingers crossed. I got, like, my toes crossed. I'm ready. I need that match. Me too. If not at double or nothing, if not a Forbidden Door, then all in, baby. Let's go. I mean, you gotta get Jay White on the card. It's the perfect way. <laughs> you, he has to be there. Yes. <laughs> so we covered everything we wanted to talk about, and my throat hurts really bad. So, Haley, if you want to give your um, closing thoughts and your plugs. Did we? But it's fine. You know. <laughs> what did you want to talk about? It's fine. How long is this episode? 53 minutes? We're fine. We don't got to talk about it. <laughs> what, what was it? For like 50 minutes. No, it's fine. It's okay. What is going on? Whatever. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter. Um, at Helian underscore. Um, yeah, that's the only plug I have. You can find everything I'm doing on there. What did we miss? Nothing. Just, just do your plugs and let's. What is going? What happened? I feel bad that you don't feel like just. Kylie, do your plugs. No, no, I'm perfectly okay. Why are you mad at me? I didn't do anything. Your plugs. 
okay, fine. Um, my closing thought, first of all, is that Kenny Omega is gorgeous. Um, my plugs. You can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. It was everything I'm doing there. This is Tag Talk. We are live every Monday at 3 on Fightful Overbooked. Speaking of Fightful Overbooked, this is a channel full of wrestling shows and non-wrestling shows and a lot of really great people just having fun and just having a good time. There's like so many great shows. Um, you should go check out all of them, first of all. Second of all, you, you should subscribe to Fightful Overbooked because new shows are coming out every day. We're always constantly working on ideas and things. Um, and, you know, I think Tag Talk is like like a, a pillar of Fightful Overbooked at this it really point. Is. It really is. I was looking at the, not this is like a tangent, I was looking at the playlist and I was like, wow, Tag Talk really has been running a long time. Like, for as long as Fightful Overbooked has been Fightful Overbooked, I think we've been here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've been here almost a year and a half, I think. Yeah. Tag Talk hasn't been here. We're not going to talk about that, though. <laughs> but we're, almost, but, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary of Tag Talk. Yeah. We're on 38. This is episode 38 right now. So, oh, if you have any ideas for episode 50, like... <clears throat> I kind of want to do something fun for that, but I don't know what, what I'll do. But um, let me know. If you're watching this after we go live, hi, welcome. Um, like this video, comment below. I want to know, especially your thoughts on Kenny Omega's jeans, especially. That's like priority number one, Kenny Omega's jeans. Uh, and anything else we talked about, that's like second. But Kenny Omega's jeans, comment below. Um, I think I covered all the plugs. I think I did all the things. Um Corey says, Tag Talk is up there with Bread Club and Coexisting in my favorite overbooked shows. Great company. Uh, so a fightful pillar match at Double or Nothing. Listen, I'd be into it. I would beat up Rob Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. Uh, but no, seriously. Coexisting, great show. Coexisting with Rob and Maggie. Everybody should watch it. Um, that's like the MJF pillar of Fightful Overbooked, like the championship pillar, you know? We're like the Jungle Boy, like the children. That's Listen, us. Listen, but us versus Jeremy and SP3. Oh my God. Then you got like, the, the, because they steal it. <laughs> every time they have that show, <laughs> like I'll be scrolling Twitter and it's like, oh, Jeremy's live. Oh, tag talk background. It says tag talk. It has our stuff. <laughs> Whatever. We'll have to fight them for it. Okay, so I'll be I'll beat up Rob Wilkins on the Fightful Overbook show before um Go Double or Nothing. And then at Double or Nothing, um, it'll be us versus Jeremy and SP3. I think that's like logical booking. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. <clears throat> All that being said. Thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you next week live Monday at 3 p.m. Fightful Overbooked to talk tag team wrestling. Bye.